0: This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, Talk Tuners. Lately, I've been making some positive changes in my life, but it definitely wasn't easy, nor did it happen overnight. With the help of talk therapy, I've been able to grow and unlearn behaviors and beliefs that were causing me to feel stuck. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. And special offer to Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelpcom Steph and Steph. That's slash Steph and Steph. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. What's up, talk tuners? Welcome. To Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes. This is Stephanie Pena. Hi, Talk Tuners. I'm Stephanie Myers. Hey, y'all. So glad that you came back. We have a good show lined up for today. Very excited because it's a very special person. So let's go ahead and uh, talk about the show that you recently saw at Hollywood Cemetery. Stephanie, tell me more about this.
1: Yeah, um, we'd love to chat about a show I saw here in L.A. at the Hollywood Cemetery. I got the chance to see uh, Father John Misty, who is a pretty fun figure to go see, you know, people who I guess don't know him at all might not know that that's a stage name, um, but hopefully <laughs> they would. Not like it's yeah, this priest yeah. out here doing this.
0: Um, right. And at a cemetery. no, And at less. a
1: cemetery. Exactly. Uh, uh, real name Josh Tillman had kind of this, I believe it was, awakening in the forest where he's like my stage name needs to be rather john misty
0: that's cool so
1: that's where that came from he's actually despite that name like pretty funny he himself has said i describe myself to cab drivers as a sarcastic michael buble which i think is great <laughs> and actually perfect so yeah but with a you know with a name like that with an image like that you would think oh this is going to be a really chill show yeah uh, but you kind of forget also And I until I was kind of in the middle of the show, be like, oh, but this guy, like he can rock. And he really he brought Mm -hmm. it. It was freaking great. It was uh, it was great. He played various things from various albums. Uh, He really, despite describing himself as this uh, sarcastic Michael Buble, he runs the gamut, actually, and plays stuff that's from, uh, you know, hard rock to his chill current album. Mm-hmm. But he's a lot of fun. And I think it takes skill to cross those genres and make it a really good show. So I uh, had a really good time with that. And then I was just going to talk a little about the venue for a second, since I know on this yeah. show, Steph, we love talking about the history of music venues. And so for mm-hmm. folks who are not in LA, who just might be wondering, like, what's Hollywood Forever Cemetery? It's It regularly hosts movies and concerts. And its history is really interesting. It was established in 1899, but Mm. by the 80s, yeah, 1980s, it had fallen into disrepair. There Mm. was a really crooked owner. And so it was like, you know, people's remains and headstones had all fallen into disrepair. And yeah. And then there was a 1994 Northridge earthquake. It damaged several crypts. Um, And then, When the owner died in 1998, it was like, okay, there's all these financial and physical problems here in the cemetery. So in that year, uh, the brothers Tyler and Brent Cassidy bought the the property. They poured Mm -hmm. millions into renovations, began hosting events and tours. Its renaissance kicked into high gear when the movie nights debuted in 2002. Nice. And so they really, uh, it helped them have this stream of revenue, right? Yeah. This space that was in disrepair. It's now been added to the National Register of Historic Places. Mm. But it really, these events allow it to be, uh, have its own upkeep. Again, have proper upkeep. And uh, just so folks understand, too, like for the record, these events kind of take place in the very back of the cemetery, which Mm -hmm. is technically part of the uh, Paramount Studios lot.
0: Oh, okay.
1: um, uh, Movies are projected there. They put... Uh, stages there it's a really cool space to see a show and it just felt very um fitting to see father Dun misty there <laughs> especially when he sang please don't die in the middle of a cemetery there you go it was so yeah. great
0: sometimes the jokes just write themselves right that is awesome
1: so yeah so check that out and definitely go see a show if you're around and uh steph i'd love to see one with you there because i think you would love that space
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm all about the cemetery, man. I love cemeteries for all talk tuners who don't know. I really love the history. Um, I think it's beautiful to go celebrate life of your loved one, um, out in cemetery. So, um, I can go on about that, but yeah, Stephanie, we definitely need to check this out. Um, I'm really uh, amazed that I've been to LA a million times and I've never seen a show there. So let's make that happen. Um, all right, so for today, Talk Tuners, uh, we kind of gave you little teasers here. We're very excited. We're talking about a song that was originally released in 1988 that encapsulates the sound of new wave, dark wave, and synth pop all into one. I have not met one person who is into this scene who doesn't absolutely light up with excitement when you talk about this jam. I know back in the day at my SA goth clubs, Sin 13 and the Sanctuary, would be crow- the dance floor would be crowded when this song came-, came on. What am I talking about, y'all? It's Q Lazarus and her phenomenal song, Goodbye Horses. man. I love this song so much. I'm like dancing. Anyway. All right. So who's cute. Her birth name is Diane Lucky. She lived a very low key life and you couldn't find anything about her on the internet for a long time. Y'all a very long time. I just learned that she lived in Staten Island and was known to be a bus driver. I think, um, it added to my fascination with her work and persona because you couldn't find anything about her super goth, right? <laughs> like I, I am dark and Lovely and you know mystical, and I am just gonna you know not uh not be in the limelight. That's that's pretty dope. But anyway, underground forever. But um, folks, she recently passed, so there are bits and pieces of her life that have been shared. And Stephanie, I know you did a really great job about uh, putting this all together. So let's go ahead and get into it.
1: Yeah, to your point, Stephanie, she just lived this kind of mysterious life, which I feel like it's kind of hard to do nowadays with all the mediums and all the social channels, everything that's out there. So even um, her passing, I believe, supported um, about a month after she passed. She was just able to, yeah, just be very off the grid. But um, yeah, she performed under the name Q Lazarus. Her backup band was fittingly called The Resurrection. So I thought that was pretty great. And uh, yeah, she passed at only 61 and the obituary just read uh, after a short illness. So there's some things we still don't know what happened with her. She has kind of this mystery surrounding her. But I think there's always been a sense of intrigue because even at her passing, there was a documentary coming Mm. about her and that's still in the works um, after her passing. Yeah, I think that's great. And I hope we can honor her. Her good friend, Ava uh, Arjudis, was working on this documentary, and she'd spoken to Rolling Stone uh, after Lazarus' death. And she said, Q had one of these life forces that you simply can't imagine being extinguished or ceasing to exist because it was so vital and radiant and exuberant, despite having had a very hard life. She was not jaded at all. On the contrary, she was full, full of enthusiasm, passion, and humor. She was also full of plans. At the time of her death, we were planning a comeback concert with some of her Original bandmates. Oh my god! So it just, right? Uh, it just makes wow. it just all this double mystery and just really sad that yeah. she was taken away. Yeah. At this time where she was planning this comeback. Wow. But, uh, but yeah, this coming back to music in this way was her plan. Um, her friend who did speak to Rolling Stone uh, said actually she had met Q when she was employing her car service. And then they began, ah. yeah, collaborating on the documentary about her life. It's going to come out next year. It says that she gave her a huge sack of cassette tapes just recorded. <laughs> yeah. Like old school, right? Uh, mm mm-hmm. Said recorded in the 80s and 90s. And they were songs that had never been released before and planned to be released in the film um, and on the soundtrack to the film. And uh, her friend, Eva, also said, Q had spent the last 20 plus years driving cars and buses and couldn't wait to return to making music. So mm. she was just at this juncture where she was like, I'm ready to come back. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, she didn't make it. And Gosh. yeah, just here to honor her. She's got some surviving family, her husband, son and daughter, other family members. I know everybody's upset about this. So we really do want to just honor her today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. That's wild. I can, you know, the, the research that I did um, as far as when, you know, she was at her prime, we'll just say that um, she did some touring in the UK, but then just completely fell off the grid in New York. She was doing some DJing and that's what I read about her. So, I mean, to see her actually perform her concert with her band, how fucking cool would have that been? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen it. That's insane. And, and this song is the only one I know too, Stephanie. So, I mean, I know that you like some deep cuts. like, And I feel like Goodbye Horses is a deep cut. And I <laughs> I just, that's it's wild.
1: Yeah, it kind of is. Um, I feel like there's not a lot out there to even uh, stream of her music. So yeah. the fact that Goodbye Horses even got the reception it did is pretty amazing. I've gone back and kind of, I think my favorite song of hers is White Lines. Nice. Uh, which is really cool. She has a really, it was a very Grace Slick quality to her mm-hmm. voice and delivery. And so it just made me think, you know, she probably didn't get her due during her life is just kind of a timeless talent who had yeah. these clear, deep influences across different genres, right? Going back to Grace Slick, that's Jefferson Airplane.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so just kind of incredible to listen to. And her voice has a definite haunting quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely worth your time. If you go to YouTube, fans had done many of kind of their own restorations and remixes of various songs of hers, trying to uh, remaster them and to bring her vocals into a place where people could really appreciate them. So, you know, again, that air of mystery, but I just really hope she gets her due uh, posthumously.
0: Yeah, I hope that they put more on Spotify. I tend to go to Spotify for, um, for music, for streaming. And I look up Q Lazarus all the time and all I get is goodbye horses. Um, There are some demos as well of the song that I haven't listened to, but um, definitely will. So I love it. Um, White lines. All right. I have to find it. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm going to find it. Yeah.
1: That
0: that's, that's awesome. I can't wait for um, all of the documentary and all this to, you know, to come into fruition and be shared with us. That's, that's really special. But uh, but yeah, guys, so as far as Goodbye Horses, you know, you heard the song earlier, you know that you've heard this song in in films. And I'll just say one in particular definitely was Silence of the Lambs. And uh, Stephanie, you have some background on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. with Silence of the Lambs. She really began her music career in the 80s. And at that point, she wasn't able to get a record deal due to racist reactions record industry scouts who objected to her dreadlocks i mean That's so said as much it was really fucked up and as we That's talked so about in previous episodes uh mtv was not playing black artists for nope. quite a while and they were vocal about it and it was very wrong side of history so you know it was that level of yeah. over discrimination so she wasn't really getting the kind of press that you think she would get somebody in her talent But all this kind of changed for her a little bit in the mid 80s when she picked up the director, Jonathan Dim in her cab and uh, played him her song Candle Goes Away. That was really cool. Really cool story.
0: Yeah. And let me add to that, y'all. So from research that I did, supposedly it was in 1985 when they met, she picked up Dim and producer Arthur Baker um, during a blizzard. And this is in New York City. Um, I don't want to be driving in a blizzard. Oh my gosh. No. Okay. <laughs> Talk about dedication, man. All right. Um, and supposedly the two had just finished doing the final remix on little Steven's music video, um, uh, for a song, Sun City. Super cool. Like the stars were aligning like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know, setting the tone. I've read that and it just made me smile. I'm like, oh, the universe is great. So she dropped off Baker first and supposedly uh, Q asked Dem if he was in the music business. And then she proceeded to play her demo tape, which included uh, a demo of Goodbye Horses. And as Stephanie mentioned as well, Candle Goes Away. After listening to the tape, Dem was super impressed. And he quoted himself as saying, oh, my God, what is this and who are you? And that's where the magic happened. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So Dem actually went on to use Lucky's music in several of his films, including The Candle Goes Away in 1986's Something Wild, Goodbye Horses in 1988's Married to the Mob, and a cover of The Talking Heads Heaven in 1993's Philadelphia, which featured appearance from Lucky herself. I have to go see that again. Okay, I have to see that. Goodbye Horses would be used prominently as we mentioned before. And I'm sure everybody here just remembers it from the epic 1991, The Silence of the Lambs. And when that hit, that drew newfound attention to Lucky. And remember y'all, she had, you know, like I just mentioned earlier, she was touring the UK doing some DJ gigs in New York City. She got some attention, but where could you find her? Nowhere. She was living her life. She was not in the limelight. So yeah, so Silence of the Lambs. Let's kick this off. This is good. Good talk. Good talk.
1: Yeah. So yeah, so she got this visibility with Silence of the Lambs. And that kind of propelled her into a space where she hadn't been before. And Stephanie, I know you have a special connection (laughs) to Silence of the Lambs. Makes (laughs) this all kind of come together. But all the music, I got to say, used within the movie is great, whether or not it appeared on the score soundtrack or elsewhere. We're going to talk a little bit about that music, but they really just placed everything scene per scene so well. And some of these songs still resonate to where it's like, I can only think of that song um, and Mm -hmm. that scene when I hear Mm -hmm. these specific songs. But I feel like, yeah, that song to this day, Goodbye Horses, sometimes just gets uh, overlooked, but it's so great and was so
0: prominent, right? In the movie. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, so let's expand on that. I love Signs of the Lambs, y'all. If y'all have been listening to us for a while, you know that I'm into the horror, I'm into the goth. It's just who I am. And uh, I want to add that this movie was released on Valentine's Day, 1991. How romantic is that? Oh my gosh. Um, this... <laughs> And, and I'm, and I'm joking y'all, I'm not that dark anyway, but, um, this film just started my fascination. It continued it. Cause I was young. I was 10 years old when this movie came out. Okay. I was already watching my Freddie, Jason, Michael Myers, all that. But this just did a whole new twist for me because this is horror with excellent acting. This, you know, this, uh, movie won so many awards, Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster dated blind mind blowing performances super mind blowing. So, um, this really just took a turn for me. And, um, you know, as far as this movie and this song, (laughs) it was the first time for a lot of things for me. So let me just break it down. Okay, guys, this is a first, so I'm 10. Of course it's the first time I ever heard this song. It was the first time I ate Pizza Hut pan pizza. Don't even, I don't even know why I remember this, but I do. I remember the delivery dude coming to the door. We had to pause the video and it was the scene where um, Hannibal Lecter gets out and he crucifies the, the medical staff. Oh yeah. And I, I opened up the pizza box and I'm like, oh look, there's fake guts on the screen. Now I'm going to eat this pizza. Cool it was good no worries um and then <laughs> and it also gave me an intro into not trusting people who drive white vans it was my intro into serial killers right you don't trust folks who drive in white vans buffalo bill is the is one of the characters um here he's a murderer mass murderer um goodbye horses is filmed in this iconic scene when he is putting on his makeup and he's doing a very low key drag show for himself okay y'all there's 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 not an audience homie is doing all this for himself in the song ding ding, ding ding, ding. and the way it goes off you're just like okay you know like it it sounds romantic right when you hear goodbye horses and you have Buffalo Bill there and he's putting on his lipstick. He's perching his lips. And you're like, what is this? Right. What is this? This is nuts. Beautiful. It was a beautiful connection. And man, was I just even more hooked into this genre. And then on that note, you know, Steph, you know, you, you mentioned just the soundtrack in general. This is the first time I heard Tom Petty's American Girl. Oh,
1: no, the you first time. You know that scene.
0: Yeah. New- know that scene you know unfortunately you know there's this woman driving you know and, and and you know she's gonna get abducted and here's this amazing fun song that I absolutely love still one of my favorites y'all we have a great episode on Tom Petty in season one check it out me and Steph have some special memories with him and yeah so it's just like it it was just it was great it was just so good for me but let's talk about like after the years and just its legacy and how it just keeps building. So, y'all, you know, when I when I was growing up, obviously I was 10 and I'd watch it, you know, watch that movie again and again. I would play this scene, but I would close my eyes and or really try and tune out Buffalo Bill because I like the song. And, you you know, and to most people, you know, maybe today's the day that you know that this is Q Lazarus. It's not the Buffalo Bill song. No, it's not, you know, and that just pisses me off because she's such a great artist. This is Q Lazarus. So screw that scene, even though it's amazing. Let's, you know, let's give her her props, you know? (laughs) So anyway, and I was hitting my 20s going into the goth club and I started hearing in its entirety, right? So I'm like, wow, this is amazing because I've only heard this little snippet and this is just showing how old I am. I don't care. So Google <laughs> Google was starting to become a thing in my early 20s um, for the masses. And so um, I was doing some internet searching. And like I mentioned earlier, you couldn't find Jack, y'all. Like you could not. After page after page, I finally found the name of the artist, the name of the song. And supposedly it was only published and released on the uh married to the mob soundtrack okay y'all i haven't even seen that movie but i went out and bought that soundtrack because i needed that cd i'm like yes and so so this is and you have to remember (laughs) again spotify wasn't a thing so i couldn't just go on spotify once i found my information on google and streamed it so i went out and bought the cd but i will say on the fact of just you know Having that, there were some really good artists on it, like Chris Isaac, and it actually um, introduced me to Sinead O'Connor's other work, other than "Nothing Compares to You." Um, there's "Jump in the River," which is a really good song as well. And man, I can't even tell you that how happy I was, little young gothy metal Tahana Stephanie, so happy that she had "Goodbye Horses" in her hand. And Steph, I will definitely say this: um, when we first met and we started learning about each other's likes. I liked you even more because you knew what the song was, you know? There are far and few between folks that I can say, hey, do you like Hugh Lazarus? And they don't look at me like I'm crazy, you know? Um, Her name, right? Yeah. Exactly. Again, the Buffalo Bill song, Stop. (laughs) Just stop it it, it's definitely iconic I'm not giving away I love it in that way but I also appreciate her as the artist is what I'm going is what I'm trying to convey here is what my point so um you know and so it's just uh and Goodbye Horses such a fun song um there's definitely folks maybe listen to him like what does this song mean and stuff you did some research on that so please educate us
1: yeah just like her life this song is a little bit of a mystery, right? When you're listening to yes. it, you're like, huh, what's going on here? So we did a little research, uh, found on songmeetings.com, just talking about the chorus of the song. And it's apparently a reference to the Hindu text of uh, Bhagavad Gita. Uh, and that is in which the five horses that pull Krishna and Pandava, prince, or Arjunas, Arjunas sorry, chariot, are symbols of the five senses and these five senses keep us tied to the physical and material plane of existence. So, apparently, when you transcend the limitations of these senses and achieve a higher level of consciousness, you are leaving the quote unquote horses behind and apparently, quote, flying over them. So, okay. yeah, so this song was meant to be apparently, it's about someone who is so affected by um, something they were grieving, whether that was Mm -hmm. a loss um, or breakup, that they decide to give up the things that keep them tied to this world by emotion. So it had Mm -hmm. really this deep meaning that I think was probably hard for most people, um, you know, just casual (laughs) listeners, right, of music to even understand what she was going for. But it was was at that level. So again, just encouraging folks to go check this out. uh, It will be worth your time.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, thanks for that. That is super deep. And, you know, and if folks you haven't watched Signs of the Lambs, you don't know what we're talking about. You may have caught um, the song in uh, Clerks. Yeah. In Clerks. Um, there is a couple of, uh, of scenes where they're, they're doing a parody of it. It's funny, but you know, again, catch the real song. Um, as far as remakes, I do want to give some love and a shout out to my favorite Chino Moreno from the Deftones. He has a side project called Crosses. And in 2014 and in 2021, he released remakes that are fucking amazing. So if you are a Deftones fan, check out Crosses if you haven't before. And thank you Chino for being so cool that you've given us um some quality uh remake cuz i do i do enjoy that from time to time so thank you
1: oh yeah and just as an artist uh in, of himself people should yeah. go <laughs> check him out
0: great. yeah for sure so again that documentary all when it comes out we are definitely talking about it
1: yeah i think she has a lot to maybe tell us from the great beyond as it were and i think people are going to learn a lot and i hope that people go check her out after listening to this episode too because I think she really deserves that and I hope that I hope that she finds it I hope she finds yeah, it. yeah
0: absolutely sure. absolutely
1: well this has been a lot of fun and a really great eye-opening time uh, I know for me and hopefully for everybody I just uh, you know gratitude as always to you talk tuners I think one of the best things about doing this show is just connecting with people who love music and think about it in the same way that Stephanie and I do. We even occasionally get to connect with the artists we talk about on the show. And we're really honored when that happens, you know, and we don't take it for granted. We recently, yeah, very excited. Um, We recently did our MC5 episode and guitarist Wayne Kramer from the MC5 uh, reached out. He'd seen that we uh, were talking about the episode on Twitter And so that was really gratifying. And we had said, yeah, so great, so great. Uh, So great when it reaches the people that we're speaking about with such reverence. And we said, thanks for your activism, Wayne. And uh, he said, can't stop, won't stop. So, so cool to have that kind of a feedback loop uh, too. It just, it really, really is nice. And, you know, Seth, I was just thinking about the times where we've in uh, past episodes have been able to connect with the artists that make this music possible, yeah. we did our, which is incredible, right? We did our Mission of Burma episode. That's when I reached for my revolver and heard from Clint Conley, the vocalist and songwriter. So cool. Didn't expect that. It was yeah. super nice. It <laughs> um, was super nice. Uh, and that was so gratifying. And then um, also on our Sonic Youth episode, the band promoted our episode to their Instagram. So, didn't oh expect gosh. that at all, right? But it was very yeah. gratifying. I feel uh, really humbled, but just makes it all worth it. So, again, just wanted to say thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, letting us know if you're enjoying the show. We love hearing from you, and those reviews really help. So, periodically, we will read five star Apple Podcast reviews and Good Pod reviews here on the show. So, just wanted to say we welcome those. And thank you again. Just thank you again.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's been, I'm just, I'm super humbled. Um, And thank you, uh, you know, just coming from me. Um, My gosh. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. But y'all, okay. As far as reaching out to us, you can find us on all the socials. All right. So let's do this. You can find us at Facebook, IG, and TikTok at Stephanie's Talk Tunes on Twitter at Stephanie's Talk and of course you can reach out to us via email at Stephanie's at gmail.com. Don't forget about our store as well. We got you all hooked up. We love hearing from you. This is Stephanie Pena and thanks for listening. And go listen to Q Lazarus. Definitely go listen to her. Stephanie Myers here. Love you. Talk to you See you in two weeks.
1: Peace.